but you've got to go out there because I'm not going to really do this without you, and I've got to have you, or it's just going to be in vain. Twenty minutes goes by, half an hour, and the man comes by, and he thinks, i really got to knock on the door and let him get out because it's time for him to speak, and he says, you have got to go with me tonight. All right, let's go. Door opens, pastor walks out, and the man's like, the room's empty. <laughs> he says, I just got to ask, uh, who were you talking to for the last half an hour? Of course, you know who he was talking to. Yeah, he was talking to the Holy Spirit there through the God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. He says, I can't go out there unless you go with me. I sort of feel the same way tonight, so let's pray again. I don't think we can do that too often. Jesus, when things are quiet, it's almost an eerie feeling. We don't like that because we're a noisy world. And for a few moments of silence, we, it's tough. That is unless we're so in love with you that um, you take our voice. It's like when we see you, we'll probably just drop to our knees and not be able to say anything. Well, Lord, I pray we'd catch a glimpse of you tonight. I ask the Holy Spirit might just roam through this room that uh, people would say, Wow. God's speaking to me. If he's not speaking to anybody else, he's sure got a hold of my heart. But Jesus, I pray that uh, what I say won't be just from me. It'll be from you. I'm just like that pastor before he went out and spoke. I might as well sit down if it's just going to be me. But Lord, I have a... It's not a feeling. It's a faith. So I've got a faith that you are going to speak tonight. and You're going to use me. You'll just go straight through and be like arrows piercing hearts and uh, selling people to think... I can't get away from this. God's speaking to me, and there's no place to hide because the Holy Spirit just roams around. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd bind the devil's hands, keep him far away from this place because it's a spiritual battle. That's what the Bible tells us. It's not child's play. It's warfare. So I pray that you'd keep the devil far, far away, and I ask you to do a mighty work that by the time we get through tonight, people will be right with you. Some will come to know you as their friend, as their Savior. The first time they've ever really come into a relationship with a man called Jesus. And a smile will come on your face. Because you came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so when someone is found by you, it's excitement. Matter of fact, you tell us in your word, angels will rejoice. They have a course going in heaven when someone gets saved. So when we pray on earth, things happen in heaven. So I'm asking you to, to rain down right now. It's already been prayed. Thanks for the love you give us. Thanks for loving us first before we ever had a chance to love you. But may we do that tonight with all our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. God just prompts my heart, so uh, I don't want to do this without him. Thank you, Colt, for leading us in worship. Thank you, Jason, for prayer. Thank you for being here. uh, You don't have to. Well, I guess you do, but I hope you're here because you want to be. I shouldn't say, uh... I was going to ask you, have you ever heard this phrase before? It's time for letting go. Anybody ever heard that? It's time for letting go. Let me give you where I've heard that in the last few weeks. And just give you a little line. And you got to listen real close because I never understood the words of this song. I just want to play a little bit of it. It's, it's by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote this, got a whole album called This Moment. I wonder why he talks about moments. Because he's now a dad of about five or six, and for some reason, I'm, Jenny knows me well enough, I feel emotional in a way because mm, 
be hard to hold back tears here. Uh, he lost his little girl a few weeks ago. And I wonder if this album doesn't take on new moments. Because when he wrote Cinderella, that was for his little girl, Stevie Joy and Maria. He said they were jumping in and out of the bathtub one night, and he was trying to get them bathed and get pajamas on and get them in the bed. And Mary Beth, his wife, was doing something else. He was going to surprise her. And he's trying to get these little girls, and he said he got them in the bathtub, and everything's fine. He turned around, and they were gone. They're running up and down the hall. One of them's dressed about like, you know, uh, the pretty girl down at Disney World. You know what her name is? What's the other girl, pretty girl at Disney World? Snow White. You ever heard of her? So one's dressed like Snow White, and the other one's like Cinderella, and they're just dancing around. And he said he was about to feel like he was going to fuss. And by the way, while he's telling this story, because I saw him do this in October, he's got little Maria. Stevie Joy's standing right here. And Johanna's sort of standing there, and they're being good. Maria's running around, around his legs. He's holding her out here. You ever walked up your daddy's legs when you're a little kid? Yeah, you know. She's walking up his legs while he's talking. It's like he says, as you can tell, we don't have any lack of energy at the Chapman house. That's Maria. And so he's probably holding her. He's like, oh. You know, but he's never exasperated. He just, in a crowd, he's like, man, she's just full of energy. And so he said, God convicted him to quit fussing at those little girls. And instead, write a song called Cinderella. And he wrote that when you've heard that a lot. And he said, uh, while she's here in my arms. And I thought, wow. But the first song off this album is, uh, is this moment. And that's convicting to me. Because listen to what he says in the first line or so of this song. Listen to this song. He said, my name is I am. That's present tense. 
Now, right here, this is a moment that, oh, so I want to capture this moment? Yeah. So we're going to capture a moment. It's time for letting go. Sometimes people tell you to hang on. You just got to hang on to something. Trouble is, they tell us to hang on, and we get that embedded in our mind, and pretty soon we're hanging on to stuff that we shouldn't hang on to. You know, I've got a sister, Melanie, who she'd probably just toss away anything. I've seen her when my mom and dad died and we had to let them go to heaven. She was going through boxes. She's like, I just throw that away. And I went over and picked it up. I thought, wow, these are your school pictures from the fifth grade. I don't need them anymore. That's my sister. She's just tossing everything. My brother Lanny's the exact opposite. He'll keep a clothes, you know, a spring off of a clothes pin because maybe we'll need that one day. You know, it's like, so he keeps everything. Melanie throws away everything. I'm sort of in between. Just hang on to that. You don't have to raise your hand. It's a rhetorical question. But I guarantee you, some people have got stuff at home. Should you throw it away? Oh, yeah. I'm going to hang on to that. I might use that. It's a, it's a bicycle in her tube with a hole in it. I might need that. Okay, that's my brother Lanny. Pretty soon you can't walk through the living room because he's hanging on to everything. People sometimes say to hang on or just hold tight to the things you have. But Billy Graham said this quote, Billy Graham said, it's time, he said, Billy Graham had a quote that, let go and do what? Let God. Let go and let God. What does God want you to let go of? Well, could be. I'm going to surprise you. He said, sin, I'm going to take that one first. Bad things, sinful habits or practices. There is no excuse for keeping sinful practices in our life. Well, it's just a little something. That's sort of like just saying, I'm going to take a little poison and eat it. You know, you can't do that. Just a little thing. So you say, okay, that was an easy question. Simple habits, practices, they'll hurt you now or eventually hurt you. And we talked about David and Achan and all those guys. They might not have gotten hurt as soon as they started doing something, but sooner or later it's going to catch you. But now, even though the Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out and something will come to mind and, and it'll hit you. But I'm going to surprise you by saying this next one. Um, good things. Now, the bottom got chopped off, so I'm going to have to read it for you. Even good things, if they are things that keep you from who? God. Is exercise a good thing? Sure. So if I get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and I'm reading the Bible, that'd be great. Junior high, uh, is it staff, junior high staff, anybody get up at 6? Wow. Anybody get up at 6.30? <laughs> Bless your heart. 6.30. If everybody got up at 6.30 in the morning and read about an hour, you say, well, that's... But what if I could talk you into saying, okay, let's get up and exercise at 6.30 in the morning. Well, that's usually one time I read my Bible. But exercise is good for you. I've just taken a good thing and taken it and used it for a bad purpose. Reading the Bible, is that good? Honestly, yeah, you tell us to read it. I get a job at Dairy Queen. I'm supposed to be working. And I'm sitting in and the boss says, I'm going to come back and check on you in a few minutes. I really want you to have all this stuff stocked, have the ketchup out there and be, you don't have to work the register. I just want you to do it. He comes back and I'm reading my Bible. It's a good thing, right? Now, he's paying me $5 an hour or 6 or whatever. He's paying me the stock stuff not to read my Bible. That's a good thing. Can you see why that we even need to let go of those? So good things can sometimes be in a way. What does it really hold you back? Uh, obviously, we can pick this one. He said sin, so let's grab that one. God could never love me because I'm too... Some people use this. They need to let it go. But God just doesn't love me. God won't love me. Has anybody ever heard of a verse called mm, John 3.16? Yeah. For God so loves you that he gave his only son. He's got one son and looks around heaven. I'm sort of being a little silly there, but it's like God's got... Picture in Vietnam, you know, we're out there. 
shots ringing out. We've got about five of us, and there's 3,000 soldiers coming in on us. We need some help. All at once we turn, and here comes a soldier out of nowhere, and he races out, taking bullets in for the rest. He gets all of us safely, sends us out, and he's out there on his own. Wow. That's Jesus. God says, I need a hero to go to earth. I'll volunteer. You don't have to do this. I know. But I love him. It's going to be pretty nasty. The trash man, that you might as well just call him that because he takes all our trash. I don't think anybody in this room involved here. Let me be the trash man. No. And Jesus comes down and says, I want your trash. And he takes it on himself. We call it sin. Well, he couldn't love me because I'm too sinful. I have a feeling if your name is, if you're the only person in the world, just pretend, would Jesus still come to get you? Yeah. He's the soldier out in the field, and Jesus says, i got to go get him. Uh, but we don't really care about him, do we? That's what you and I might say. Because, see, we don't love each other like God loved us. He's going out to get us. So sin won't keep him from coming to get you. How about this one? Fearful. I'm afraid I can't do all God wants me to do. Oh, I just, I'm going to let him down. Join the club. He picked 12 people. Some people call them the disciples. Peter ever let Jesus down? Yeah, yeah denied him three times. John and James ever let him down? Yeah, they would lose their temper. Nathaniel, here, it's a little boy who's about mm, this tall. He's probably your age. And he comes up, and they're going to get ready to feed about 5,000. Jesus already knew what he was going to do, and he was going to test them. And he said, wonder how he can feed all these people. He knew what he was going to do. Nathaniel comes up and goes, Lord, we can never feed all these people. If we had eight months' wages, let's say a person makes uh, $12,000 a year. That's probably poverty level, but let's just pretend that. $8,000. Nathaniel says, we had $8,000 we couldn't feed these people. Andrew comes up and says, well, we do have a boy here with a lunch, but what is that with so many? Again, like faith. Who had the most faith? little boy comes up and says, you can have my lunch. Wow. I'm afraid I can't do all God wants me to do. Those disciples sort of were fearful. A little boy put them in their place. Take my lunch. I like this one. Embarrassment. You're going to hit this in the next week or so when you go back home. I, I can't let go. I can't let go of my old wife because my friends might start laughing at me. Mm. And it's easy for me to say because as older I get, it's sort of like I don't really care what people think as much. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being mean. But if I spoke at a Bible camp, hey, wow, I'm doing that this week. And I go back home and somebody says, where you been this week? I better not tell them. I spoke at a Bible camp. <laughs> wow. You both think Jesus is pretty important. He is. He saved me. Oh, you know, would you do that? He's going to put you on the spot. Some of you might deny it. So it gets a little bit embarrassing. How about this? And too much to give up. No, that's where, where it sort of hits you. Too much to give up. I don't know if I can let go of what God wants me to let go. I didn't put it up here, but y'all have got the one excuse, too, that I'm too young. Anybody ever heard that before? God, I can't really do anything for you. I'm too young. When you make it to heaven, those of you who accepted Jesus, find a woman called Mary. Mary. Jesus' mom. They said she was a young teenager when she had Jesus. So quit using the excuse, I'm just too young. The boy with the lunch. Or Mary. Or Timothy, who was raised by his mom and Eunice. Lois, both those women, women in his life, the, the grandmother and the mother, while he was small, I kept training him along. Quit using excuses. Bottom line, whatever's keeping you from God is what we need to let go of. 
So it's time for letting go. All right, I've got a monkey up here. That's Paul's eighth grade picture when he was in high school. <laughs> hey! No, it's not. Okay, got a story for you. This monkey, I know you've been listening well, but I'll, uh, I was just sort of talking too much. I'll have to show you a picture. This monkey up here, his name is Rodano. No, it's not. I just pulled it off the Internet. I have no idea what his name is. I just thought I would say that because, yeah, wow, you talk like you know him. Uh, I don't. This monkey right here who's sitting in the tree, I just wanted to use him for a little example. If I told you it's time for letting go, what time do we have to let go? A man called Stephen Curtis Chapman let go of his little girl, Maria, a couple weeks ago. It's hard letting go to, to when someone dies. It's hard for me to let go of my mom and dad. It's hard, and those are good things, but see, even good things need to be let go of. You know what's a tough thing in their family right now? Pray for his son, Caleb, because I think Caleb was probably the son that backed the car up. And Caleb's a sensitive one. He's one that would probably cry. I listen to his songs and cry. Caleb lives in a house with a man that makes me cry. I wonder if he's got a sensitive heart. I saw him in concert, and it's almost like he's shy. He just looks at his dad while he's playing. If he was the one, you've probably got somebody like that in your family. It's like he's real sensitive. What a heart. Sensitive, it's hard for him to let it go. It's hard for you to let things go. But sometimes, even good things need to be let go. But I'll tell you a bad thing. This monkey, back to him. This monkey was down in uh, South America. He's going along, and he's picking up bananas. And he takes the bananas and he eats them. Everything's great. Everybody loves that little monkey because he's eating bananas. There he is. Picture of him. Up close. There's a group of people that don't like him. Bananas as big as a monkey is, right? The farmers growing bananas do not like him so much because he's ruining their crop and taking their money away. It's a good thing, banana. No. The farmers say, it's time to let it go, all of our bananas, because uh, you're killing our profit. So they come up with an idea. They put, uh, they would sit out in the fields with sticks. And when the bananas, remember, grab, you know, monkeys come along, grab the bananas, they race out and they try to swing at them. The monkeys are too fast. See that? That's a still photo right there. Because I couldn't film them. I started to show a movie, but they've never been filmed, I don't think, before. They're so fast, whoop, they're gone. It's like the speed of light. It's like you at lunch. That's why they're called spider monkeys. Some are called spider monkeys. Others are called... Squirrel monkeys. Squirrel monkeys? Eighth grade. Okay, we get the idea, yeah. Some are called eighth graders. Okay. The picture in the middle, we've got to deal with that. So they come out chasing out, monkey's gone. One smart, uh, smart farmer says this, let's take bananas, put them down in a jar. We're going to have canned fruit. No, just try to focus. I really need you to focus right here. So here's what you need to do. Go over and get a jar, put the banana down in it, because I've got a plan. The monkey will come along, he'll reach down in there, and he'll grab the banana, and he can't get away because uh, he won't let go of it. He'll hang on to it, just like that monkey's hanging on to that one. And when he's hanging on to it, that big old heavy jar will come out with a little old stick and go, boom, and right on the top of the head. And the monkey, ow, getting knots on the head. And the jar is still on his hand. He can't run with that jar. All he's got to do is say it with me. All he's got to do is what? Let go. But he won't do it. Just think if you come over and, monkey, I want you to salute me. Oh, man, I still got the jar on my hand. I'm sorry. Wipe the sweat from my brow. Oh, got something in my eye. Oh, 
Brush my teeth. Oh! Shake hands. Oh! If he could make it back home, half a gallon jar on his hand. Why don't he let it go? I don't know. You tell me. Why don't you let... Well, now you've answered for him. I'm going to switch to you. Why don't you let your stuff go? Well, oh, there you go. I've got another picture for you. It's another monkey. There he is. Well, it's not really a monkey. What his name is? Is Monk. Yeah, it's Monk. Okay, anyway, his name is Monk. And Monk will come in. If you don't know this show, this is sort of like a policeman. Uh, he's a consultant for the policeman. But I saw a show starring this guy, yeah, Tony Shalom. He stars as Monk. And Monk tries to figure things out, but he's got a lot of phobias, and he just can't let them go. And one of the, th one of the episodes I saw him on, he... Um, it was time for him to let go of something. He was blind. And he was on this skyscraper that was being built, so they had steel girders and all those things, and he was going throughout this, and he could hear, and he finally figured out the killer because he could, uh, he knew his voice, he started picking up a lot of clues like he's good at, but he finally got up on a steel girder, at least he thought it was a steel girder, and this was the steel girder, so to speak, and he was walking out like this, and he grabbed the, the girder. And Natalie, his assistant, comes along and says, Just step down. Oh, just do what? Let go. I can't. And she finally, he's scared to death. She finally gets his arm and he steps down for about six inches. He's been almost on the ground the whole time. But he carried on this beam because he thought he was 20 stories off the floor. It turned out he was right there. I got news for you. He was a lot better off when he let go. Because he was scared to death right here, but he had to, oh, I can't let go. Since he let go, life's a whole lot better. Guess what? Great parallel with you and me. If you'll let go, I, I just can't do that. Life gets a whole lot better if you'll let go. Some people have actually said this. They said, you know what? I was living in sin and the best day of my life when I got caught. Well, that's crazy. No, it's not. They said, hallelujah, I'm glad I'm caught. Why? Because I don't have to sneak around in the house hiding, you know, Dirty magazines. Here comes mom. I'm looking at a site on the internet that she doesn't know. I'm. Here comes mom. Well, it's not getting off her. <laughs> Cable's out of the wall. Mom, I'm okay. What were you looking at? Nothing. And they're nervous. They're scared. I know this little boy wasn't so little. He was a teenager. He snuck in one time, pulled open the drawer, and looks for dad. Takes a cap off whiskey. I'll just take a little drink of this. Make sure dad's not. Because dad's working 11 to 7. He's right down the hall. He's asleep. And he went, oh, gasoline, <laughs> burns, put the lid back on, at least he didn't find me. Oh! <laughs> Dad had gotten up and was walking down the hall. Go ahead and have another drink. Why do you know that story? Because that was me. See, I thought I knew stuff in high school. I just wanted to try a few things. It's very embarrassing when my father's standing there watching me. Guess what? Your father's standing there watching you. Not your heavenly father, earthly father. I don't know. It could be both. So the next time you sin, just take a thought right here. Stick it up there. God's watching. Well, I never really thought I can't see him. He's watching. So the next time you sort of sneak off and do something, sneaking off on this globe that God created, yeah. That's like an ant hiding on a gym floor and I'm just watching. <laughs> yeah, you got me fooled now.
God will never know this. He'll never see me. You were hiding from God. A pair of people named Adam and Eve said that they were going to hide from God and they actually had to hide behind the trees that God had created. I always thought that was neat. And God said, uh, Adam and Eve need you to come forward. Sort of like being called out in the hall by a teacher. What did you do? We didn't do anything. Okay. They were caught and they had to let go of stuff. Maybe they were glad they got caught, though. Like I said a minute ago, at least they had a brand new place to live. wasn't in the garden anymore. Do you realize some of the saddest words are ever spoken are these right here? It's time for letting go. You say, well, that's not sad. Well, I'm going to give you an invitation tonight. If only, if only. Would you look in your Bible, please? i got a story for you. It's two people. Invitation. Tonight, please prayerfully consider what God wants you to get rid of or let go in your life. Good or bad, just let it go. You'll be glad you did. The saddest words I think that people have are, if only. If only I'd let that go a long time ago. If only I would have stopped. Here's where I want you to go to. Would you look in the first portion of Scripture? Luke 18, 18 through 30. I picked two people tonight, so I hope they get your attention because they're dealing with the same thing. One person lets it go, the other one doesn't. I don't know how much simpler I can make it. One of them lets it go, the other one doesn't. One of them ends up happy, the other one walks away sad. So one's glad, one's sad. The story ends, but then the thing about it is, when we close tonight, you'll be in one of these two people's places here. Now, you might not be dealing with the thing that they had. Let's check out and see what Luke 18, 18 through 30. Luke chapter 18, 18 through 30. The rich ruler, a certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus wasn't being a smart aleck right there. He's saying, Why do you call me good? Because it's, you get the feeling like, How do you know I'm good? That would be like a person who's not really used to church coming along. You know, he lives in the world and he comes up to me, for example, and say, uh, uh, Hey, pastor. Part of me would want to go, How do you even know I'm a pastor? How would you even know? How'd church go yesterday? Thought, now, how would you know how church went anytime? Because you never darken a church doorway. I'm not being mean. It's just like, how would you know anything about being good? But God's kind. He says it this way. Certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. So it's like, are you calling me God? That's what Jesus was trying to get him to say. You know the commandments then. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I've kept since I was a boy. Must be your age. All these I've kept since I was a boy, he said. I've always kept my... I go to Sunday school. I've got Sunday school pens at the house. I've got it made. When Jesus heard this, he said, Okay, you still like one thing. Now, by the way, don't misinterpret this story and say, All of us got to do exactly like this. God knew this man's heart so well as what he was saying was this. You kept all these commandments? All right, tell you what, I've got one more thing for you to do. Uh, why did God say this next thing? Because he knew he was rich. And if having money is a good thing. We can't buy, if we didn't have $50, we'd be able to buy two gallons of gas. I mean, $50 comes in handy. If we didn't have money, we couldn't buy groceries. So if we don't have money, but money can be a bad thing. It wasn't this man's life because anything that keeps you from God is bad. Well, I've got a girlfriend, I just love her. Congratulations. But if that girlfriend keeps you from God, it's a bad thing. I know girls in high school, they're, they're 
fine, they're great, until they meet somebody, and then pretty soon they're like a different person, like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you know. And I think you would have been a whole lot better off never meeting so-and-so. Because I think he's changed you. Well, you know. Oh, wow. That right there is what I'm talking about. That wasn't the same person I knew six months ago. Why are you so gripey? Why are you so defensive? Because that person has changed you. Wow. Need to let it go? I would. What's he asking this guy to let go? His money. Wasn't a girlfriend. Wasn't a sport. Wasn't often they hit people, young people. You need to get rid of the thing that you love? Well, yeah, because this thing has become a god to him. Money. If I had a lot of things, if I had a ton of money, I'd love to give it away. You say, not me. Well, then be careful how you say that because there's another story in the gospel that says this. A man says he, he had crops and those crops produced more crops. Wow, get all these crops? I want to give it to the poor. No, he didn't. I want to build bigger barns so I can cram all the grain and go get more. That's pretty selfish. And you know what God said? He said, you fool. Tomorrow, your soul is going to be required of you. Why? You don't love others. The more you have, the more you want. Let's check out and see what this man's God is. You still like one thing, sell everything you have. That'd be tough enough. Give to the poor. We must give up something here. Give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for a rich how hard for it is the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, uh, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard this asked, well, who can be saved then? Jesus replied, Where, what is impossible with men is possible with God. And Peter said to him, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. I like that. We have left all to follow you. I have a feeling Peter didn't have much but the clothes on his back. Well, I wouldn't want to be Peter. He's poor then. Well, check out the next verse, verse 29. I'll tell you the truth, Jesus said to him, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or junior high friends when they go back home are things... You just fill in this. You won't be forgotten. You will not fail to receive many times as much in this age and even in the age to come. Matter of fact, eternal life is what you'll get. When you give up stuff for me, I'll bless you for eternity. Wow. So this man walks away sad. See, you have your choice. Let's just pretend he had $1,000. I'm sure it was much more, but you have your choice. Jesus, eternity, $1,000. I'm going to take the $1,000. Wow. I just want to weep right there. Why are you taking the money? Because money's a lot to me. More than your soul? Yeah? Aren't you glad that God has spoken to you? to your heart right there you think wow I know God's the most important thing to me I hope so this man didn't understand that I love it because just a few verses later in Luke chapter 19 we're going to compare another man little kids used to sing a little song about a little man <laughs> Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he sycamore tree for the Lord and he said Zacchaeus for I'm going to your house today alright now think about this Zacchaeus wasn't rich though oh yeah 
He's a publican. He's a tax collector. He makes tons of money. Matter of fact, he wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. And here's how they used to do. They would come up and charge you tax and say, would you pay this? And matter of fact, I think it's eighty two fifty that you owe me. Well, that's a lot. I take it. She really only owes me $25, but I take the 25 and send it into the government, take the other $60 or so and put it in my pocket. And they were known as crooks. Matthew, remember God wrote the gospel? He was one of them. God would call crooks. Why? Because when he got a hold of their lives, people could see, wow, this powerful God is somebody, isn't he? He's changed even people like this. Zacchaeus climbs up in a tree because he has a desire to see Jesus coming by. And Jesus walks and he stops and says, probably smiles at him, Zacchaeus, get out of that tree. <clears throat> well, it didn't mean quite that quick, but anyway, <laughs> I, I need to go to your house. I need to go to the hospital. Okay. <laughs> Let me help you up. Stand up. I am standing up. Oh, I'm sorry, you are. <laughs> no, he wasn't quite that short. So Jesus rests his elbow on Zacchaeus' head while they're waiting for the light to change. Then they're going across the street and they go to the house. And Zacchaeus, just a minute ago, and, I, and I, when I was thinking of this, it was it's not just God, it's God's Spirit that touches my heart. When I think of people who have lost somebody like a little girl, when I think of Stephen singing, it's this moment that's so important. Quit worrying about something else. Right now, this moment, in this second, eternity could be changing. And when those things just hit me. And when I sit here and think of Zacchaeus, it's the same way. My, what a smile this big. He's walking down the street. It's Jesus. He's going to my house. Suddenly, all his tax collector friends are probably going, what are you doing? I don't care what you think anymore. It's time to let it go. I don't care about my reputation. I don't care about what you think. This man right here is who I care about the most. I applaud Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, would you like to come to my house? And God starts working on that heart. And by the time he gets there, let's check and see what happens. Jesus entered Jericho, was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, as he was the chief he was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree, fig tree to see him. And since Jesus was coming that way that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus. Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. Always got these people. Right, you know, right. griping about stuff. They're talking about Jesus and Zacchaeus. He's gone to the guest of a. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Ooh, Jesus is eating with sinners. I'm glad he decided to pick this sinner. My hands up. I'm glad he decided to say that little boy Edgar at eight years old in Giles County, Virginia. I'm gonna touch his heart in the middle of July. I need him because he's gonna be speaking at camps years from now. He might be calling you tonight. I hope you're listening. Zacchaeus, I need you. Zacchaeus, gladly. Watch this. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, oh, you've got to be a guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Do you think this man got saved right there? Look at his heart. Look, Lord. Here and now. I love that. Here and now. In the moment. Not next week. Two months from now, that's what I'm going to do for God. How about won't you do it right now? Say, God, you sound like I'm preaching at you. I am. Quit putting it off. About a year from now, I'll think about God. Do it this moment. Well, you're not even through yet. God's speaking to your heart right now. I don't have to wait till an invitation. Are you listening to Him right now? You go, I got other things. I got a, I say, I got a good canteen. That's it. Jesus and canteen. You're choosing canteen. Quit laughing at this man who chose money. I got to make sure I got a Reese cup. Yeah, that's it. Reese Cup, Eternity. 
Forget about everything. Just for a second. I, I love that. When Jason said that, would you just be real quiet for a moment? God's going to speak to you. But I'm too young. Quit using excuses. Mary was young. Little boy from lunch was young. Wow. He welcomed him gladly. His heart is hit so much, he says, Look, Lord, right here, right now, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. Half? I thought we only had a tithe, 10%. Half? This man's serious about God, it looks like. I want to give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay him back four times that amount. Jesus smiles a big old smile. He puts over the sinner's hand, which he's done to this sinner, and grabs his hand, and he says, Oh, Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save which was lost. And one of those men that were lost just got saved. Right there it says that today salvation has come to this house. I wonder if salvation has come to your house Jesus never asked this man to let go of anything. The man did it on his own. He says, God, I've got to give up my God because my God had been money up until now. I'm going to let go of that God and choose the living God. Of course, it's sad that the other man didn't want to do that. Two stories, two men, two different outcomes. One man reacted sadly. One man reacted gladly. And one refused salvation, but guess what? Today, salvation has come to the house. The other one found salvation. Now, how about, you know, you? I don't know that I can, it's time to either let it go or hold on tight. I don't know that I can and paint a picture any better, but I appreciate you listening so much, but maybe I can paint a picture. We've been talking about treasure right here, and if somebody can get a hold of treasure, sometimes they don't want to let it go. It's like that monkey holding a banana. God, God, I've got this money. I can't let go. God, I've got this gold cup. I, I can't let it go. But that, that'll cost you your life. Maybe I could show you a clip from a movie, and it'll show you what I mean. And you'll find out that uh, what it's like to hold on. Shh, be real quiet. Because God can even use this to pick your heart. I like it. It seems like to me... Don't worry, they'll know what it is. It's sort of like you tell them your name and then you give them an introduction. If they'll see what it is, I just want to give you a clip to see if I can show you something about hanging on. Paul, can we get that going? Now she's got some treasure right there. How important it is to her, we're going to find out. Yes, Indiana Jones, we've established that. Be real quiet. She's not supposed to cross that. Delta, don't move. Treasure is to her. 
on preaching. Junior, give me your other hand. I can't hold on. I can get it. I can almost reach it, Dad. Indiana. Indiana. Good advice coming right here. You'll have to rent it from the video store if you want to I see what happens. Shh, shh, it's okay. Well, you won't have to rent it from the video store. I was just talking to anybody that wants to. Let me ask you a question. Hollywood portrayed that pretty well, or depicted it. That's us. Only it's not a gold cup. It can be anything. I mean, if somebody comes into the Moser house, I'm probably going to brag on my family. I love them. I'm going to say, man, if God's called us to start a church, I hope I don't take you in there to my video collection and go, look, my thousands of tapes. Wow, that really must mean something. Oh, yeah, and I'm married to Jenny, by the way. Wow, the tapes came first, and then Jenny. I hope I don't do that. Look at my yard. Man, you could eat off manicure. Oh, yeah, I've got a son named Andy. I appreciate it. I'm the other way around. See, I'm the daddy that, I'm going to brag here for a moment. I'm the daddy that will eat lunch and save my chocolate milk to take home to Andy. Why would I do that? Because I love him. So if the house burns, that's why I like to lift weights because I'm going to take out three people out of that house. Jenny's going to be on this shoulder, Andy's going to be there, and I guess Ashley will be on the back, and I'll bust through the door, and we'll get them out in there. I said it can go up in flames. I don't care. Why? I've got out my family. Hell's like a burning house. Jesus is a fireman, and he's coming in to get you. And he's sort of like, come on, jump on my back. I, I can't leave it. And you're sort of like Elsa, I, I just can't leave it. Like the rich man, I, I just can't let that money go. Wow. Let's pray. Jesus, there's things we need to let go tonight, and I have no idea what they are. I might know from my own life. Jesus, I pray the Holy Spirit, I just sent you there, and Lord, you touched my heart. Lord, I could have cried a couple times tonight, and you've just kept me focused and keep me going. And yet, Lord, if you bring the tears, I welcome those. I think of Stephen Curtis that you took a good thing from him, took a little five-year-old named Maria. Why? I don't question it because i got a God who loves us because He only gives us good gifts. The Bible tells us every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. So you did what was best. So Lord, sometimes you take what we think is good, but then Lord, other times you want to take what's bad. It's sort of like cutting out a splinter out of a little finger that's hurting. You know once we take the splinter out, it'll start to heal. Lord, we've got so many things that rob us. So it's time to let them go. And I pray right now in this moment, not tomorrow, not yesterday, not two hours from now, in this moment, that people would be real quiet and the Holy Spirit would just touch their heart and something inside them would just say, God, you're right, that's me, I've got to give up this. Maybe I worry about what my friends think or I worry about even what some of my family members think.
Jesus, I, I just don't know if I can do all that. Anything that keeps you from God has got to be taken care of. So Jesus, I pray right now in this moment that you speak to people's hearts. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, don't look around. God's speaking to you. You really don't need to look at somebody beside you for God to speak to you. And I'm going to stand right up here and I'm going to ask that uh, you be real quiet and if God speaks to your heart and you say, you don't have to tell me what it is. But Luke 9.23 says, we must deny himself. Any man will deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. That's what we've got to do. See, seeing so like a time bomb that you're holding on to something that it might not have blown up in your face yet, but it will. Would it make sense just to give it to God? And some of you say, well, I've got things in my life that I just nobody else knows about. <laughs> Remember, we're talking to God now. God knows all about you. He created you. I'm going to play a song of invitation. You just listen. And if God speaks to your heart, you can come up here. I'll be glad to pray with you. If you want to just get on your knees, just like we talked about last with, last night with your face to the floor, and you just say, God, why do you even love me enough to do what you're doing? Well, he loves you with an undeniable and an unchanging love. You can't deny that he loves you. So as you listen to this song, please be real quiet. God's going to touch your heart. That's what I'm going to pray. And I'm going to do that silently. I pray if you know Jesus, you pray it to your heart. And as this song plays, right here in this moment, lives will change. That's what I pray. Oh, Jesus, make yourself so real we can't help but see you.